Crystal here for another episode of Pedaling Forward. I did a super cool interview with two other interns at Sustainable Transportation Vermont. Their names are Zoe and Nathan, and they are both on the advocacy team. So in this podcast episode, they basically just describe their advocacy project within STVT, and that includes implementing or trying to implement more advocating for bike lanes on Colchester Ave. And they recently just turned a new focus to North Winooski Ave as well. They pretty much just go through their internship and the, the processes it looks like to get the implementation, the challenges, the benefits of bike lanes. So this was a super cool episode. They also talk about a petition at the end of the episode where you can get involved. I will definitely link it in the bio. So go sign that and support it and support their advocacy project. So I hope you all like this episode and let's jump right in. Why don't you both introduce yourselves? I'm Nathan Greenstein. I use he, him pronouns. I'm a junior environmental studies major. I'm from uh, outside the Boston area suburbs, and I'm really interested in uh, sustainability and planning and kind of how, how those two coincide. I'm Zoe. I use she, her pronouns. I'm from just outside of Boston in North Reading, Massachusetts. I'm studying environmental studies, and it's my first semester of my senior year. I chose advocacy because I really wanted to advocate for sustainable transportation in Burlington, um, and I enjoy aspects of outreach to like the public. Nathan, why did you choose an advocacy internship? So I chose advocacy because I, I thought it would be a, a really cool way to connect with the community and kind of really get a, a personal uh, look at kind of the process of implementing change and uh, creating a more sustainable transportation infrastructure, how that would look in a hands-on setting. Nice, that's cool. Yeah, I get some professional experience. Do you mind just going over like your internship just what the advocacy project entails and maybe what you do like day to day or week per week? Yeah, sure. For advocacy, the the main goal, the main overarching goal is to spread awareness about this, uh, this opportunity for better infrastructure that's kind of ongoing with, with the redesign of the street already being in progress. And so our job is mostly focused on um, making people aware of that and gathering support for this better bike infrastructure. So to add to that, a lot of what we do on the advocacy team is like find projects that are currently ongoing and like need more support. And then we provide that support and ideally find more people from the public that are also passionate about topics like that. And then we can also think of new things that aren't actively already projects and we can start those projects cool um are the two i know you've been working on colchester avenue what is it north winooski are those two projects were those already in the works or was that something that you both and the other intern just really interested in so both of those are already in the works i think north winooski avenue has been a topic for the last few years going back to at least 2018 i believe And there's not a ton that we can do there right now just because of the way that the policy process works. 
but Colchester Avenue is also has already been in the works and they did like a pretty comprehensive study figuring out what the best options would be for bike lanes on that street and then just recently like narrowed it down to a singular option cool can either of you doesn't matter who um just describe that option i know i've seen the visual and the visual is so cool but just because people can't see it on here yeah i can i can talk about it a little so the 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 option that's going forward on colchester avenue right now is going to be raised and separated bike lanes that are continuous along both sides of the corridor and so these are going to have like concrete like separations from both the sidewalk and the road and much of the corridor is going to have like green stripping between the the bike lanes and the roads which both both add immense levels of safety both make a make it immensely safer to use yeah that sounds awesome and uh the east avenue intersection will be adding a a bike traffic signal as well cool so do you think i mean i drive and walk i'm down closer to drive all the time are they like widening the roads at all or is there enough room to do that already I believe that there is enough room and that they may have to move the sidewalks further into different green spaces along the road. Nathan, do you know more about that? I think you're right. I think also the space on the road that's like currently designated as the bike lane, that's going to have to go under construction. And there, there's parts of the road that where there's like merging lanes where it's like kind of three lanes. I think... I'm not a hundred percent sure mm-hmm. about this, but I think that might be getting narrowed gotcha. a little bit. Yeah, I'm just like those lanes aren't necessarily like they're not slim, but I was just wondering if maybe they'd have to widen them at all, and that kind of stinks because I think they just redid those sidewalks, right, on Colchester Ave. Yeah, I believe you're right. Um, and then I know that there is definitely parts where the green strip will become like smaller, mm-hmm. where there is just a narrower street. And then they will be getting rid of certain residential parking areas to provide more room for the bike lanes and sidewalks. What kind of personal experiences have, like, both of you had on Colchester Ave, if any? Just kind of give an idea of, like, maybe how unsafe it is right now. Yeah, so I know that we both lived on Trinity Campus at some point in our UVM lives. And when I lived on Trinity, I was a freshman, and they hadn't done a lot of the improvements that um, are currently there, so it was even less safe than it is now, and it's still not super safe to be a cyclist on that road, but I know, like, crossing the road has been really difficult, especially even with uh, cross signals, uh, like, where you press the button and the lights flash, Mm -hmm. just because cars go super fast there, since it's such a straight road, so... That and the intersection with East Ave is really dangerous for crossing as a pedestrian or as a cyclist. So I think that these, the bike lane infrastructure going in would encourage people to drive slower and make it a lot safer for people to cross that road, which happens all the time because so many students live there. Yeah, yeah. yeah just adding on to Zoe's experience, I lived on Trinity as a sophomore and uh, definitely walking to class cars would would be driving by pretty fast throughout the day and especially it was especially bad during like rush hours when people were commuting to and from work which are also often rush hours for like students walking to class Mm -hmm. so um, that just created a whole mess of issues 
and personally i never felt super comfortable using the the bike infrastructure on colchester avenue i like i consider myself like a pretty good biker i'm not like it's not like i'm a, a professional cyclist or anything but <laughs> I, I think i'm very adequate and i would not feel super comfortable sharing uh, the street with the cars the way they drive yeah, yeah. oh go ahead sorry I was going to say that I would always, if I rode my bike to campus, I would tend to ride on the sidewalk, mm -hmm. which is more dangerous for pedestrians, but safer for me because the cars are so unpredictable and there's no barrier there. Yeah, I was just about to say, isn't the, when I'm driving on it, aren't the bike lanes just like to the, like if you're going down towards Winooski, aren't they just like to the right of the road? Like there is no barrier, obviously. It's just like a designated lane, so to speak. Yeah, and there's just like, there's no safe way to go through the intersection because there's a right turn lane there, so you're kind of in the way of every car. That's right. Uh, yeah, and there's no barrier at all. So is this actually, is this project actually going to be implemented? Um, so that's our sure. next steps. We have to okay. go through a few more public meetings um, and generate support on city council so that they can vote to um, allow that, as well as the DPW commission has to support it as well. So it's definitely not a certain thing, but there is a lot of support with the progressive counselors. Okay. Yeah, so just to reiterate what Zoe said, the plan we were describing is the plan that's being proposed like, and put forward to these groups, the city council and uh, Department of Public Works, and they do have to approve it, but it is the plan that's being set in motion as of now. Nice, that's awesome. Kind of like question to go off of that. I've heard a bit about Campus Kitchen, your experiences with Campus Kitchen. What has like the general public opinion been of the bike lane implementation and infrastructure on Colchester Ave? Yeah, so there's a lot of, I believe there's a lot of support among students as well as just anyone that uses the road regularly on a bike. Campus Kitchen has expressed concern that they'll lose business because of the bike lanes um, since. Originally, they were going to lose parking for their business as a result of putting the bike lanes, but now those parking spaces will remain as 15-minute parking spaces specifically for them to use during their open hours. So hopefully we can work to make sure that they don't lose any business and we are actively pursuing other avenues of like encouraging students to go to Campus Kitchen and encouraging cyclists to go to Campus Kitchen, which I think is something that Nathan can elaborate more on. Yeah, so we're uh, we're looking into potentially advertising the fact that Campus Kitchen is on Cat Scratch to uh, Trinity Campus oh. students because both of us who had lived there previously had no idea of that before, and Trinity uh, dining is not um, limited the most the most well liked. Yeah, and they also have very limited retail options there, so it. It would be useful to know that there are alternative options. And uh, we were also researching how to get bike racks for businesses um, through the city or through other avenues and potentially seeing if Campus Kitchen is interested because with these potential infrastructure changes coming, it could be a good business decision to embrace them and embrace the new customers they could bring in. That's an awesome idea. I love those both. I didn't know that Campus Kitchen was Cat Scratch either. That's good to know. But you kind of touched on this earlier. What are the overall like benefits to the bike lanes, and are there any drawbacks? Well, 
the most obvious benefit is just improved safety for uh, all modes of transportation. It's I, I know as a driver, um, I, I never want to navigate around cyclists on the road. That always makes me nervous. And as a cyclist, I would never want to share the road with a driver. <laughs> and in addition to that, having bike lanes on the road will hopefully make it safer for cyclists, which means that more cyclists would use the road instead of driving, which can have huge environmental impacts that are really great for the city, like lowered emissions from automobiles, since more people would be using sustainable transportation. It also would make it safer to walk along the street, which a lot of people do walk along the street because there is a lot of bus stops there, and a lot of people work in the hospital and have to go on Colchester Avenue to get to their jobs in the medical center. And then students obviously live right there and have to walk along the street. So making sure that cyclists don't feel pressure to bike on the sidewalk where pedestrians are walking is really great. I think it would be safer for drivers too, don't you? Just because they'd probably be driving at a slower speed since like those barriers wouldn't be there. Yeah, definitely. And like we've learned from different readings that if there are a lot of things on the side of the road, uh, such as trees or a green strip or even just a separated bike lane, it's something that will make drivers go slower. Yeah, nice. So it sounds like a win-win overall. And then this is kind of just like an oddball question. I was wondering, I don't know if there's been any discussion about this, but how would the bike lanes be plowed or salted in the winter? Do you know anything about that? Ideally, they would, I mean, that's that's what proper maintenance would look like with them be being uh, fully and properly cleared um, in situations of bad weather so that they could still be used any time of the year. Obviously, that doesn't always happen, but that, that's what proper maintenance would look like. We can hope. Sounds good. Is there a price to this project? I believe on the project proposal where we were still considering um, multiple different options, they just had prices in terms of dollar signs so no actual numbers just prices in comparison to each other and this option because of the choice that we made for colchester ave and east ave like at the intersection there would not be as expensive as a lot of the other options but yeah there's i don't believe that there's a projected price number nice yeah thank you for that yeah, I, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah cool. not that i'm aware of either yeah i'm Maybe it has to be approved first before they can actually put a number to it or something like that. Nice. Okay, cool. And then, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to switch gears on the North Winooski Ave bike lanes. Um, I know, like, you kind of just recently turned your focus to that, so if you don't have all the answers to this, that's totally fine. But what is... Do you know at all, like, how the bike lanes look, like, compared to the Colchester Ave bike lanes? Like, are they the same design? The meeting that I attended was more talking about a traffic study that they're planning on doing there um, to figure out if parking on a certain section of North Winooski Ave is necessary or if there's, like, too much of it. And I think that the plan is to, in the future, get rid of parking, some of the parking, and implement more bike lanes, but... Uh, yeah, I'm honestly not super sure. That's totally fine. My understanding is that North Winooski is just in, like, way earlier stages than Colchester is. Cool. And so that would take a lot longer to progress forward. Yeah, maybe the interns next year will end up doing that. Cool. Um, but I know you did say, I think it was Zoe, like, a little bit about the public opinion and how the bike lanes on North Winooski, like, businesses were afraid of gentrification or just, like, the people there. Could you, like, talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, I can I can talk a little bit about it. Um, bike lanes um, can often be seen as a parallel to gentrification, as they'll like they they aren't like they're never a bad thing necessarily. Like you're saying, bike lanes can be considered a parallel to gentrification, but it does not necessarily mean that they are gentrifying having bike lanes and access to them, especially if it's coupled with um, affordable bikes or a bike share program, can be really beneficial to marginalized communities because it provides a cheaper method of transportation to cars. But they do tend to go to um, into neighborhoods where people of color live or marginalized communities live um, only when white people or wealthier people move in. Mm. So it's a very unfortunate sort of cycle of events, but it's not a causing factor of gentrification necessarily. Kind of similar to that. Bike lanes aren't necessarily a, a force of gentrification, but they can be seen as a symbol of coming gentrification, which can cause concern among communities. I think most of these communities agree that the infrastructure itself is really good and really beneficial, but it can uh, foreshadow the potential for uh, wealthier and uh, often white people uh, moving into these neighborhoods and forcing them to move out, and then they're not able to benefit from the infrastructure, which is, is the major concern. So I think ensuring that there remains affordable housing in places that like infrastructure is being implement implemented ensuring accessibility to to these commodities are, are really important aspects of implementing them definitely yeah i didn't even think about like housing and sustainable transportation until you said that that's really interesting do you have any ideas of like how to implement bike lanes without public fear of gentrification that's that's a really hard question. It's a big question. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, the thing that comes to mind is um, our bike share program and how there are a ton of places to pick up a bike and drop off a bike, but hopefully we can expand that program. And I know that there's um, talks of expanding the program throughout the city uh, so that people have access to a bike and can therefore use this infrastructure that we're putting in their neighborhoods especially without having to pay for a bike on their own. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, then I just have some couple, like a couple general questions just about your internship and just biking in general. What's been the main or one of the main challenges of your project? Um, for me, one of the main challenges is just how slow going it is. There's, it's obviously a very exciting project and I want to, I just would want to be able to see it through fruition and I know that I won't. It takes a long time to have infrastructural change, especially on this scale. So that's a little bit disheartening, but I hope that I can come back to Burlington in 10 years and see these bike lanes that I advocated so hard for. Yes. <laughs> Put your name on it. Nice. How about you, Nathan? Anything? <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with Zoe, just knowing that it's it's not going to happen right away. It is a really slow process. And I, I also think another frustrating thing is for me, for me personally, is the uproar um, you have to cause for every single parking spot mm -hmm. to to get 
removed or changed. How do you think COVID has impacted people using sustainable transportation alternatives and maybe bikes too? I'm thinking more transit with that question, but totally up for interpretation. Yeah, I was actually listening to a podcast recently and they were talking about Paris and how they're implementing a lot of different types of transit and bike highways where bikes have the road to themselves. And a lot of that came out of COVID because people saw what streets look like when there's less cars on them and they liked it. We like to have streets that are quieter and we can like walk across the street without really having to look and like be worried about being hit. (laughs) And implementing a lot of different types of alternative modes of transportation can make that continue to happen after COVID. So I think that people are encouraged by the changes that we've seen in our transportation system because of COVID. I kind of asked this before, but it's just more general. So if you don't have an answer to it, that's fine. Any ideas on how to make biking more inclusive? Well, I think the the biggest way to make biking inclusive is to make it safe and make it exciting. There's if there's fun, good pathways to use, and and people of any skill level can use them. Then there's really no reason not to get out on a bike, especially for local short commutes. Along with that, I think the aspect of making it fun is really important. So if you can take your bike and ride safely to a place that you want to go, that will really encourage people to use it. So even just like going to Campus Kitchen for a cup of coffee uh, would hopefully make people want to go on these bike lanes. (laughs) Nice, yeah. I was thinking like, have you ever heard that quote that anybody can run, but then not everyone can run because they don't have like the right sneakers or they don't have like the right running clothes. So I kind of think how you were saying Zoe was like the, um, uh, what is it called? The bike? The bike share program. Yeah, bike share program. I think that could definitely work too. And I know, I think Burlington Electric Department is giving out incentives for e-bikes as well, which is kind of my next question. Do you think that obviously because of Vermont's transportation sector, like it causes what I think 47, 45% of our greenhouse gas emissions, do you think that they can help decrease those just those greenhouse gases it could be regular bikes or e-bikes too like do you think that's one of the ways to decrease those emissions i guess i definitely think that it is um i think in addition to improving the bus system in burlington having e-bikes would allow people to travel around the city so much more easily because the city is very hilly and often the bike share bikes end up all at the waterfront because no one wants to have to bike up the hill on this really heavy bicycle. So if we have access to electric bikes, then they won't have to Uber up or they'll be able to take the bus instead. Yeah, I I agree with Zoe, especially um, in like on the Burlington, like county level. I think the e-bikes could definitely make a, a significant impact because they just provide such an easy alternative for whatever city-wide commutes you would want to make. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, I'm not sure how far-reaching the um, electric bikes would go outside of Burlington, just because it's so much more densely populated here. Mm-hmm. But having access to electric bikes anywhere in Vermont, I feel like would encourage people to use them more because you can go so much farther without exerting all of your physical energy and people just live very far away from each other in Vermont. So having an alter- an alternative option would be beneficial. Do either of you know how far electric bikes can like travel without having to be in recharge? I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of e-bikes, that's the thing. Okay. I don't know if either of you have ever heard of Lime, but uh, 
my my city did them for like a while and those ones are like like hybrid e-bikes so you like pedal to charge them oh wow and they like go on their own sometimes yeah my um dad would commute to work from my house uh to cambridge which was about a 20 mile trip each way and i'm pretty sure that his bike was that same sort of function where it would charge from pedaling and he never had any issues with losing a charge oh that's interesting i just had no idea all right cool and then yeah this is just my final question what's one of your favorite things about this internship i've had a really cool um, experience just connecting with with so many different people uh, in the city and hearing people's voices and i've also just been really excited about all the support there is for uh better bike infrastructure and really shifting our transportation system. Similar to that, I have a really strong interest in going into politics as a career after college. So being able to work with people in the government like Jack Hansen, the city councilor, or just different people on certain transportation councils, it's been really exciting because it's hands-on experience in a field that I've always been interested in. And then it's also just encouraging to see that other people are also passionate about such a niche topic of sustainable transportation really cool thank you yeah and then just any closing words advice if you want to like plug your petition or anything like that or any ways to get involved for anyone listening yeah so our petition can be accessed at go.uvm.edu slash bike lanes with that petition we send out regular emails um, updating people on the project or ways that they can help out in the future and if you sign and want to do more for the project you can do add a little comment in your signature uh, to let us know and we can try to figure something out all right once again you all just heard from zoe and nathan who are both advocacy interns at sustainable transportation vermont i know i definitely learned so much from this conversation that we had had no idea that you know housing and sustainable transportation were so correlated So I thought that was a really cool interview, and I'm so thankful for them. So thank you again, Zoe and Nathan. Next episode, I will be with Rachel again. I'm super excited, and we are interviewing someone from 350 Vermont, which is a climate organization in Vermont, but is also a global organization that basically just really tries to reject the use of fossil fuels globally, uh, nationally, and on a local level here in the Burlington Node. So stay tuned for that, and thank you so much again, and I'll see you in the next one.